Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please take a seat. Just really quickly, I apologize. I said uh, that the gospel was, was from uh, John. It's actually from Matthew. Um, so I just wanted to clear that up. Um, our gospel reading is from Matthew. The one we just heard is from Matthew uh, chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 12. And we've, we may have heard this, um, this account of the wise men going to search for Jesus as a child to bring, them, to bring this child homage. And we usually see them, uh, uh, we usually say the three wise men. Um, reality is we don't know how many there were. I think it's just tradition that we say three. But they, well, these wise men, remember, were non-Jewish. So they were wise men from the East. And they knew that the child to be born was, was a moment that was happening for them. It was a moment. It was a moment of joy. It was a moment of thanksgiving. And it was a moment of praise. There's, there's a thing called, an, uh, it's a night watch vigil that happens. Many churches do it, uh, especially like many Baptist churches. And I had always seen this tradition happen in, in, um, in churches, and I, just, I, I never really knew why. And, until recently, I read a New York Times uh, article from, uh, from a priest who, who is also Anglican. Uh, his name is Esau Macaulay. He, he wrote about this uh, tradition that actually comes from the African-American church tradition. Uh, and the tradition actually began in the New Year's Eve of 1862. And, and, the, and the reason they do that was because on that New Year's Eve of 1862 was, was the night where slaves would no longer be slaves the next day, but be former slaves. Because, because the night before Abraham Lincoln's proclamation would go into effect that January the 1st. And so Frederick Douglass captured with great anticipation this, this moment that was happening. And he, and he said this in his church that New Year's Eve. He said, it surpasses our most enthusiastic hopes that we live at such a time and are likely to witness the downfall, at least the legal downfall of slavery in America. It is a moment for joy, thanksgiving, and praise. The reason I bring this illustration up is because what was going on that, that New Year's Eve um, as they awaited that emancipation to go into effect on January 1 is that they knew that they were living a moment. And so they gathered the, that, that Christmas Eve to hold vigil to the Lord, to bring, to, to have joy, to bring thanksgiving and to praise the Lord. And that's how they responded to the moment. And 
And in our, in our gospel reading, we see in, in the all of scripture, we see that the gospel, we, we usually think the gospel is, is um, it's just a book in the Bible or the four gospels in our Bible in the New Testament. Or, or we say the good news of Jesus. And, and sometimes we might think that it's, it's what Jesus said that's the good news. But the gospel is actually not words spoken by Jesus necessarily or are words of scripture. But the gospel is a person. So when we say the good news, we mean a person. When we say the gospel, we mean a person. And that person is, is Jesus. So, the, so when we say good news, it's not, it's not just the Bible or it's not the good news that when we die, we'll go to heaven. Again, the good news is a someone and someone we seek for. It's a person we seek to bring, to, to come with joy, to, to bring thanksgiving and to give praise to. And so, so Jesus is the good news. He is the gospel. And, and um, the wise men from the east knew that a moment was happening, which is why they followed this star. And, and it's important we see that we see how uh, the different people responded. So we, see, we saw already that the wise men seek with a genuine heart this king that's going to be born, this child that has been born, that they know, uh, they say is the king of the Jews. And they bring, they bring their treasures to and, and they want to bring homage to. And actually, in English, um, it's translated as, as, uh, as, them, as them kneeling down and paying him homage. But actually, the Greek and other languages, it actually says they came to worship him. Homage and worship are, are different, so I just wanted to emphasize that they came to worship this child. And they knew with a genuine heart that this king was something more than just any human king. Otherwise, what they're doing in, in worshiping this child would, be, um, would, uh, would not be okay because they're worshiping a human. But what, what, what they realize is that they're not worshiping just a human, they're worshiping something much more that that calls for worship which is our lord which is god in the flesh and so we see how the wise men uh, responded to to the to the gospel but we we can also see how the priests and the scribes and herald respond to to the news so when when the wise men go to herald herald calls his priests and his scribes and he tells them where the Messiah is to be born, based on the scriptures, and the priests and the scribes, they they uh, they they give them that prophecy from Micah and from the scriptures, and they're able to tell that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem and not in Judea. The, the reason I point this out is because the priests and the scribes they they had the gospel, they had the scriptures. That's why they were able to tell the three wise men where this Messiah would be found. Now think about it. The priests and the scribes, they knew where to search. They not only had the scriptures, but they knew where to seek in the scriptures to find out where this king 
was to be born. And yet they didn't go and search this king. It seemed like they had no desire to, to seek this king, otherwise they would already have been there. And even when, when, the, when the wise men go, it doesn't say that the priests and the scribes follow. So these priests and the scribes who are Jewish, who know the scriptures, and who, who knew exactly where to search in the scriptures to find where the, the king was to be born, didn't seem like they cared to seek the king themselves. And then we also see the response of King Harold. And to us it might be a, 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 bit, a bit strange of why King Harold would be so threatened. Uh, but, but in this time, unlike our time in, in the modern day America, we, they didn't, they didn't uh, privatize religion. It wasn't, religion wasn't a private matter. It was, it was everything to them. The, the politics, religion, and everything was, was all tied together. Especially, especially for Israel. So when King Harold hears that the Messiah is to come or that a king is to come, that means that he can no longer be king. And so then he is threatened by, by this king. And as, as we'll see, and as we see here, he, he has evil intentions and he wants to destroy this king who has come. And so here we see three responses. Harold's response of wanting to do away with this king, with the gospel. We see the priests and the scribes having the scriptures and yet not hearing the good news. And they, they don't go and seek after this king. And we see the wise men who aren't even Jewish, who don't have the scriptures, who go and seek the truth, who go and seek the king, who go and seek this good news. And so I, I, I leave you with this. Knowing that Jesus is the good news, that he is the gospel for all people. How will we respond? Will we be threatened by, by Jesus' radical statements that we hear in the gospel and, and avoid him? Or is Jesus or just a dead person stuck in the words of a Bible that we don't care to seek? Or is he the living king whom when we hear about our hearts leap with joy and when we want to offer thanksgiving to this king and worship this king? Three responses. Brothers and sisters, the, the baby born in a manger isn't just a cute baby. Uh, it's not just a cute religious story. The baby born in the manger on Christmas is the gospel. He's the gospel because he's an alternative path to the world we live in of, of evil, of corruption, of hunger, of suffering, of death. He, he's concretely an alternative to all that. Jesus isn't just a, a, an abstract com concept. It, he's, he's a reality, it's concrete. He's, he's concretely changing the world. And it does threaten kings, it does threaten rulers like Harold. 
If they didn't think it was so concrete, they wouldn't be threatened. And Jesus is the one whom the scriptures points to. And Jesus is the one that the wise men saw and opened the door for all of us to seek. So brothers and sisters, what is your response? I know as we gather here today, our, our response is, is joy, our response is to kneel down and worship, and our response is to give gifts to this king who was born that is not just any human, but is God incarnate. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you to bring you our joy in our hearts. We come before you to give you all the great gifts that you have given us and, and we give them back to you in return and thanksgiving. And we come to worship you and to praise you this morning. And we give you thanks for the opportunity to do so. And we ask that our hearts may always seek after you, the living and true God. And that we are constantly reminded that you are not a dead figure stuck in a book or a faraway God, but a close God that is with us, that is living and true. And we ask this, that you remind us every single day of our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Oh